The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Uh, did you grow up around Philly? Yeah, I actually, long story, but I'm back. Uh, I live now in the house that I grew up in. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't live here for a long time. I lived in the city and around the area. So, Is it uh, less hectic than uh, in the big city? Yeah, I moved. I moved out of the city when I was having a kid. Oh, okay. Um, I do. I do kind of prefer living in the city, but my setup here is better. I mean, for me to afford to be able to have just the basic layout, you know, basic shit like a driveway, a garage, a backyard, a tree. If I wanted to have this in the city, I'm about three million dollars short. So, <laughs> so do um, does the school teach you how to throw batteries, or is that something your parents do? And, uh, <laughs> I do not, uh, I do not partake in any of that behavior. And my stance is fuck the Eagles and fuck Eagles fans. Was it because it, the, um, it was the people throwing batteries at, uh, Santa Claus, right? Is that what the big, yeah, came I believe from? so. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> the issue was, but yeah, it was Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know why they were mad at Santa Claus, but they, I guess they just wanted to get on with it or something (laughs) and why did they have batteries i don't know welcome to season six episode two of the better band podcast an all-encompassing trip through every song in the pearl jam catalog i am your host brandon palomo each episode a different guest and i go track by track through every album soundtrack single and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I am Brandon today talking about the song God's Dice. I have my guest, Joseph Rose. Hello, Joseph. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. And you? Pretty good, thanks. All right. And I probably should have asked before we uh, started recording, do you go uh, by Joseph or Joe? I do prefer Joseph. Okay. Because you're an adult, right? That's right. (laughs) The name I was given, I'm going to use it. Hell yeah. So we've got this uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Amitt song, the second track off of Binaural to talk about. But first, before we do that, I have a conceit for this podcast. And so every time it comes up, I need to follow through. And since this is your first time on, I need to ask you, Joseph, when was the first time you heard of Pearl Jam? The first time. I can't remember which happened first, but... I either saw the Alive video in some of its early showings on MTV when they were, you know, debuting that video and just bringing it out as a new band, or uh, I can't remember which happened first. It was that or a a friend in high school, a girl I was in art classes with, she had a dubbed cassette of the Alive EP, which was a little, I think just a three-song cassette that had been floating around, and uh, she had a copy of that that we would listen to in her little headphone Walkman in art class. And those happened right around the same time. Was that like the yellow or orange cassette? Thing? Yeah, the original one. And it had uh, I've Got a Feeling on it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember very specifically listening to that song. And so was that, was, was that it for you? Were you hooked to then on Pearl Jam? Uh, so I was really 
into what I heard, and when I saw that video, I really enjoyed it. And sometime, I think fairly shortly after, the Alive or, or the uh, Even Flow video came out next, and I was also really into that one. But at this time, you know, I was a kid in probably ninth grade when, when this stuff was happening. And, you know, I didn't have much money, so I would occasionally save up like my lunch money during the week and, you know, go to the mall on the weekend and buy a CD that I had my eye on. And I'd gotten burned a couple of times. I saw a video that I really liked. I heard a song on the radio that I really liked. I would go buy the album with what little money I was able to save up, and I would be disappointed Mm -hmm. in the album. And so, you know, we had no internet, you know, I couldn't just go download these albums or stream them or try them out. And so I was out, you know, 20 bucks on an album that I didn't really like. And so when Pearl Jam came out and they were doing this, I heard, you know, a handful of songs and I liked them, but I was real gun shy. I was like, man, I don't know. I've been burned lately. I don't know if I'm ready to buy this album yet. And then they did Unplugged Mm -hmm. and that was it. When I saw Unplugged, I was in 100%. No going back from that point. What was your record store of choice back then? Was it a little independent thing or you went to the mall like Sam Goody or? Uh, We had a couple. We had a store in the mall called The Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was a popular one. And then there was a smaller indie record shop called Goody's Disc Exchange, which is still in business in the same place today. Hey, now. Yeah, and as it turned out, I ended up getting, I don't know, back then, you know, when, I, when it was a CD collection I was working on, I probably acquired 75 or 80% of my CD collection through that store, Goody's, and... I would say the vast majority of it, I did not exactly pay for. <laughs> <laughs> Had some friends working at the shop and, you know, oh, we, yeah, just, yeah. we made things happen. Like, hey, what's that over there? Yeah. Uh, okay. See you later. Uh, yeah. Did you also do the, uh, the, uh, the BMG music uh, club ripoff? Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> Columbia, Columbia house. Yeah. Columbia house is the one. Oh yeah, for sure. I did. I did plenty of that. Yeah, I think I did that, and that's how I got um, Temple of the Dog. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, there was a handful of albums that I remember specifically getting through that one. Yeah, I think it was that, and uh, what should we call it? Uh, Super Unknown. Yeah, I think by that point, I don't know if I was if that was still happening for me by that point. That would have been like '94. I think it might have been over for me at that point. But but yeah, I got I got a bunch certainly through the early '90s. So let's see. We're at God's Dice now from Binaural. Uh, like I said, Jeff wrote the song. Um, he has said about it, um, he said that uh, the song uh, came out of a kind of conversation with somebody who's a pretty hardcore Greek Orthodox Catholic. So maybe partly, but also I think I've been walking that line for a long time, whether I do believe in God or I am my own God or where I am. Or where am I in the whole scheme of things? I think it has a lot to do about judgment. I'm still trying to figure out what the song's about. But judging anybody who has any sort of belief system, whether they believe in God or not. The quote is, uh, I believe, attributed to Einstein saying, God does not play dice with the universe. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it's, this can, oh man, this, this, this can go in so many different directions. Mm. We can get way deep in there. We can get, blow people's minds if, if, uh, we want to go there. I mean, oh man, <laughs> there's so many different things. But uh, oh, also, uh, they played the song live for the first time in their May 10th, 2000 show in Bellingham, which is uh, Vault Number Four. 
If you happen to have that out there, you can hear them uh, play it for the first time. Where does this binaural album kind of rate for you? Is this closer to the top or not so much? Um, let me check my listing. It is uh, pretty much right in the middle, Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, I think the, the songs on it, it got some real good, strong songs on it. I know a lot of people have talked about, oh, you know, this wasn't the original track listing or whatever for this album. Right. And um, this song wasn't on that original track listing on it either. I believe when they first were talking about it in March of that year or so. This album came out in May, like a, a week after that uh, that Bellingham show. And um, yeah, I remember seeing a, um, I think it was a, a whiteboard or something like that, a picture of it online or something. And they had like the track listing for this album up and, and I've looked right. for it and I can't find where I can't find that whiteboard or if I, I can't remember if I imagined it or not, but I know that there's several places where they have like the original, what the quote unquote original track listing was supposed to be. Yeah. I've seen a little chatter about the, the track list change. Is there, you know, I don't get too deep into the minutia of the, the fan communities and stuff, but is there a sentiment out there that, that people like or want the, the original track listing instead. Yeah. I've seen people talk like, it's like, Oh man, the original track listing is better. Blah, blah, blah. Just because it has, um, it's got like the, the B sides and stuff. They cut off of it. Uh, uh okay. sad and, um, uh, education and stuff was down one of them. Uh, no down was from the riot act, uh, riot act. era. Got right. Yeah. But there's, there's, uh, it might be like a little bit of the, uh, sort of super hardcore. Oh, I know everything about Pearl jam. I'm a little bit more, you know, I know more than the regular people out there. So, oh yeah, I like this thing that yeah. nobody really knows about. But I don't know. I've never, I've never given it a uh, a listen to of the original uh, uh, track listing. So, no, I have not either. But I, I, I like the, I like the way it is. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear a completely binaural recording of everything, though. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the sound of this album quite a bit, in particular the drums. mm Hmm. Let's see. So yeah, we got the song. It's, it just starts right off. It's out of my hands, making more in the nuts while it's going and uh it sounds to me like a little sort of chaotic i think with the uh chain the chord changes on the upbeat yeah and i think that kind of adds into the sort of overall theme of the song of like oh what's what's random what's uh what's predestined what's uh you know what's it all mean i guess yeah a little just a i don't know a little bit of a chaotic vibe yeah, relative to Pearl Jam, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, like I said, the it, it's uh, God does not play dice with the universe, and uh, what what Einstein uh, meant when saying that is that uh, you know stuff isn't random that there are that there are rules in this universe that uh, you know it, whether you call it intelligent design or just science that things have to work a certain way in order for things to exist. So I think that. The, the sort of chaotic, just real overdrive sound of the song before you get into the bridge where kind of, you know, roll them high, throw them again. Oh. 
sort of like a, oh, hey now, we're, 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 everything's fine, everything's okay, you know, it's, it's, uh, no need to worry, and then it all kind of speeds back up again, and everything, sort of like the, um, I don't know, like a, the, an ebb and flow of the universe, a, uh, sort of big bang, big crunch, or, uh, I guess, uh, big, big chill, I think people are saying that it's supposed to be now, or big, uh, big rip. Oh, not not the Big Bang, not the Big Bang. I don't know. I mean, is, is it is? There... Oh no 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 no! It's it's uh, you know the the theories of you know okay the Big Bang so the universe was created and it's expanding infinitely forever so oh, yeah. it's going to come back together in the right. into the big crunch. They're saying it's like ah right. you know it doesn't really look like that. It looks like it's going to keep expanding and then that energy in the middle of uh, where it originated is going to dissipate and so then there's going to be the uh, the cooling of the universe forever and all the stars extinguishing and everything like that at some point or a ripping of space-time because it's uh, expanding too much that's going to start and sort of fragment that's intense. and uh, destroy everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's intense for sure. But, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's to say how many times that hasn't already happened? before before now and uh right you know the sort of uh i don't know there's lots of big ideas out there. <laughs> or is it just a simulation <laughs> oh yeah as far as the, the the simulation uh theories of everything i think it was uh you know the matrix where every that kind of got everybody onto like oh yeah yeah you know oh we're in the matrix oh it's just a simulation everything like that yeah i never gave much thought to it after the matrix what what really got me thinking more about it was when i would hear elon musk get really excited and talk about it the way mm -hmm. he does i was like oh you know elon might have a point <laughs> well i am i am generally an elon fan but man when he started talking about that a few times um i don't know just the the seriousness with which he sort of discusses that stuff and how how sure he kind of is of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's infectious. I mean, everybody is real sure. The uh, people in Jonestown are real sure. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I th I, for, for me, the uh, sort of thoughts of uh, simulation break down in the even if it's just an illusion of free will, but in the fact that there are other ways that people have lived. And so there's a sort of option there where if, if you were trying to create something that is one way and only one way, and you want it to stay that way, you wouldn't have options for people to choose, for people to look at history and be like, oh, wow, you know what? There were all these people who were living on other continents and, ever, and everything before European colonizers came over and, you know, genocided everybody. There were people who were living a different way of life. Or so we think. Would you, uh, <laughs> that they weren't. <laughs> I, I'm not <laughs> they saying I believe okay. any of this. I'm just saying if yeah, yeah. one were to believe it, okay, well, then why... of history we have, okay, we yeah, have yeah. because that's what we've been given. I've never seen any of it. Mm -hmm. So. See, but why, why would that option be there why wouldn't it just be oh it's always this way it's always going to be this way things don't change just keep uh milling in the grist of it all right yeah and well now knowing what you know after having lived in a life and being an adult for a while 
if you were charged with, you know, here are the tools to do so, you're now set, uh, your, your task is now to create a simulation and make it as true to life as you can. Now you know you would want to build in some sense of history and change. Uh-huh. If the goal was to make it as true to base life <laughs> as possible. But then why would you want there to be the, uh, the notion of this is a simulation in there? That, that's a good one. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a glitch. <laughs> see, that's a, you see, and things break down. And, and I'd hate to veer, I don't, I would hate to veer this conversation way off track, but as a, as a man who enjoys organic psychedelics, including DMT, I've had a couple of moments <laughs> where I thought I kind of saw the glitch and saw through a little bit, but the, uh, the machine elves, <laughs> that's probably for whatever. another day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. I have, I've been there. Well, you know, it's all, it's all, uh, you know, it's all chemicals in the mind. It's all, uh, consciousness is, I don't know, an illusion or just a chemical reaction. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a flaw in perception. <laughs> you know, it hadn't even occurred to me to get stoned before this podcast, but perhaps <laughs> I should have. <laughs> well, now you don't need to, you just listen to this. Like, oh yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> I generally, you know, when I do my podcast, I'm generally stoned during the entire thing. So, well, you know, you need to, you know, talk through an album and everything. And so, yeah. you know, you need to to have the, uh, I don't know about taking the, the wheels off, but well, you wouldn't get anywhere if you took the wheels off. That's not what I mean. Damn it. What's the saying yeah. to, I don't know, throwing cruise control. Crap. We just call it getting high as fuck and doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, am I allowed to curse? I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there is there is there something that you any any, any thoughts you have about this song, I don't know, lyrically or or, or musically? Uh, you know, it's a song that I've you know in the context of this album, it's one that I like the most. You know, it's it's one that stands out. Well, I love most of this album really anyway, uh, but that is definite definitely a standout song. Um, and I never really took the time to dig in and attempt to analyze the lyrics. And honestly, despite them being maybe my favorite band, I've never done too much of that with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, I know this is a Jeff song. He wrote the lyrics and the music to this one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ed, I guess, does most of the lyric writing, and I really enjoy his lyrics. And some of them are more obvious, I guess, than others. Others are a kind of more ambiguous, you know, the way he writes them. But I, I still, I've never spent too much time sort of digging into decoding all of the lyrics. I kind of take them at face value and find what jumps out and what doesn't. There are a handful that get me like, hmm, what is that line referring to? Um, but yeah, I guess this one, I guess it's, you know, kind of as simple as um, questioning that kind of stuff, you know, free will, not free will. Do I buy in? Do I not? I, I guess that's kind of the vibe. Do you think there's something about this song that kept it from that original track list that existed there's nothing obvious about the sound of it that feels that way to me um it it certainly you know it falls on the track list between breaker fall and evacuation and that feels pretty good to me um aesthetically it feels like it belongs with those songs mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if maybe ed or, or some members of the band weren't as in love with it at first or maybe it came later in the sessions, which is often a thing. Might have been, you know, one of the last songs to to come out or to to get finished at least. Yeah, I know that they are um originally the whole thing was supposed to be 
a binaural recording and stuff. And then they had Brandon O'Brien come back in and um, traditionally mix um, most of the songs on it. So maybe that had something to do yeah. with it too. Maybe just the binaural recording of it just sounded like a mess. So it was like unusable. And then I was like, okay, Stone, you're on the right yeah. side. Mike, you're on the left. Okay, it's it's fixed now. Yeah, I think I have heard some mention of maybe someone in the band or involved in those sessions had had commented that some of the tracks worked better with that style of recording than others. Yeah, I think you said like the slower songs kind of sounded better, yeah. more atmospheric and uh, groovy. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, I do. I always wish Pearl Jam. I, I wish we could have some sort of a like a single video theory or some kind of making of the album situation for every Pearl Jam album. Oh yeah, I'm really fascinated by that kind of stuff generally. And especially when it comes to Pearl Jam, because I enjoy the band so much. Yeah, you want it all. You want to see, you want to you want to see how yeah. the sausage is made, so that when it lands on your breakfast table, you're like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting seeing those guys. I always remembered enjoying that aspect of single video theory and just hearing them sort of talk frankly about you know seeing parts of the process unfold and you know almost a slight argument about who's going to use an Ebo and whose fault is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 they might not have um, wanted to around this time with uh, Mike having uh, substance problems, though, I think. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't yeah. have been in the best taste. Yeah, they. I mean, they've never really done, they've never done very much of it. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I wish they would. <laughs> and I guess that, that, that ship has probably sailed. I, I don't know that they'll start doing it at this point in their career, but it would be fun to have had access to some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I bet there is some of it. I bet stuff exists out there, but maybe we don't get to see much of that. Yeah, it's in the vault with all the other stuff. Yeah, every band has this great vault that we hear about, <laughs> and, and we never get to see any of the damn vault. Uh, Prince is slowly, you know, well, now he's dead, so I think that... Uh, yeah, somebody's letting yeah. it out. He's not barred up in front of the door anymore saying, no, they're like, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I read quite a bit about uh, Guns N' Roses, there is an epic vault oh, really? <laughs> involved with that band. And that's, I know Slash has some stuff, and, and there is some other vault that has all of this amazing footage documenting the band and versions of albums that we will never hear that I would love to hear. Five different versions of Chinese democracy. Uh, well, I know there are, but, Slash yeah. has talked about, uh, I think maybe in his book he's written about, uh, he has a version of the Use Your Illusion albums that are more of just the guitar rock Guns N' Roses sounding version of those albums without all of the extra production and strings and stuff like that. Hmm. And he, he was very, you know, excited about the sound of that version of the album, but I imagine we will never get to hear any of that. And there's probably an anniversary uh, at some point though, you know, re-release all that stuff yeah axel seems to keep the, keep the yeah. lockdown on all this stuff <laughs> well you know you'll everybody needs money at some point yeah maybe one day if other people are in control of the guns and roses dynasty one day perhaps they'll do what the prince estate is doing yeah just let it all slide out there yeah or, or i don't know about if uh if fan demand will uh will feed into that at all or anything if it's like ah, eh, nobody cares anymore so We'll just keep it hidden away. And I don't, I don't get the impression that Axel gives too many fucks about fan demand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, especially if you've felt, seen him in concert and uh, you know hours late to being on the show and you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff. I've experienced a Guns N' Roses riot. <laughs> <laughs> I have experienced one of those in Philadelphia. 
Oh, so it's the perfect place for one. <laughs> exactly. It, it really is, I guess. <laughs> is there more more just out there we need to get with this? Or it's pretty simple? Or there? Um... It, it is definitely one of my favorite tracks. I love the aesthetic of it. I really love the kind of layered vocals on the harmonies. I think there's a little stone that we can hear uh, singing along in there, and I really enjoy that. I love when Pearl Jam gets close to something like a gang vocal. Yeah. I really like that sound um, and they've been pretty good at it at times when they've gone there yeah especially when you got you got a uh, matt now yeah being able to do backgrounds and stuff like that it's like oh yeah let's get everybody in there i mean everybody in the audience Definitely. is singing anyway so and i do find that um you know like we mentioned this is a jeff song all the way through uh lyrics and vocals and i guess i tend to like some jeff songs um you know certainly even you know nowadays on the on the newest album gigaton I, I think the Jeff songs are some of the standout tracks on that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a real, you know, I think stone is sort of like the, Oh yeah. Everybody knows stone stone wrote, you know, most of 10 and everything like that. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, he's the, yeah. he's the guy, but I think Jeff is a real sort of clutch player, hidden weapon sort of guy. It's like, okay, let's bring a Jeff song out. It's like, Oh yeah, here we go. And I think Mike, is sort of like, Oh yeah, he's going to do the guitar thing. He's going to do kind of an epic ish sort of song, you know, given to fly sort of sound and jeff is like i got the punk i got the uh the sort of slow you know thoughtful introspective songs and he did uh on the new album is um quick escape that's a jeff song right i believe so yeah i think so and maybe even dance of the clairvoyance i know that one's a little bit more collaborative yeah that's kind of everybody i think uh stone had like the sort of main riff Gotcha. For that. Yeah, I think Quick Escape was a Jeff song, and I think that's got to be my favorite off the new album. And oddly enough, you know, I, I don't care very much for Jeff's other projects. Like, I really like the songs that he's responsible for in Pearl Jam, but I don't know. When it comes to his own solo albums and things, I'm not really all that into it. Maybe I just haven't spent enough time with them. Yeah, I think his, his voice definitely is something that I think um, is a little bit more of an acquired taste than than stone's voice that's definitely a part of it um because yeah, i know I'm that... actually pretty cool with stone's voice mm-hmm. what was that because jeff had a uh had a little ep that came out a couple of months ago that um i think musically you're kind of like okay yeah, yeah yeah i can see where this goes but i, th- I think a yeah. lot of jeff's stuff it could um with the rest of pearl jam being in it it could really add more you know i think i think that's sort of like the missing piece to a lot of it sort of like the yeah yeah you can't you can't ignore the vocal you know you're kind of gonna take yeah. to it or not yeah and i don't i don't know about his um like three fish and random his other side projects with his other guys that he yeah. uh that he does i'm not sure how that sounds if that's more cohesive enough yeah i haven't heard them in ages yeah it's been a long time since i've listened to that stuff but i guess that's an indication of how interested i was in it, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't didn't quite stick with me yeah it's, it's sort of like ah oh, you know do I do I go ahead and explore something today, or should I, you know, stick with what I know and what I know will make me happy? I guess it's uh, yeah. macaroni and cheese for dinner again, <laughs> right? Pizza in my case. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try I'm, Ethiopian I'm, food another time. Right. Forty-two years old still cannot eat enough pizza. <laughs> hey, that's hey, nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> Especially when you got kids and it's like, oh, that's all I want to eat. It's like, hey, you know what? I can uh, I can deal with that. Yeah. I don't want to make two meals or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, my kid eats way better than I do. 
Like well, I have good. to give him, I have to allow him to eat responsible food. He's a, he's a kid, you know, he needs to eat right. Yeah. But it's over for me. Give me pizza. Oh yeah. It's all downhill. <laughs> it's time to let myself go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is there, is there anything else we got about this song to talk about? I mean, like, uh, like I said, like there's, you know, a whole bunch of theological sort of things you can get into with it, but we're probably not high enough to get into that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hadn't even considered it. I should have been stoned. <laughs> I should have been. Um, and and you know, I again I'm I'm also probably the wrong guy to dig too far into theological discussions. But um yeah, yeah, I think that's the basic gist of it. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh so so we'll uh We'll wrap this up, and uh, we're in the uh, the Pearl Jam thirty year. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a it's a good time to to ask, uh, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? Oh wow! Most of my life since nineteen ninety one, had had you asked me who my favorite band is, there's really wasn't even a question. It was always Pearl Jam. Probably since ninety one, on. They were had already become my favorite band by the time they'd released a second album. Now, are they my favorite band? I don't know. That's hard to say. At this point, Pearl Jam fits into a category in my life that is sort of unique to them. I'm not going to love every song they put out. I'm not going to think every album they put out is the greatest or or anything or really high on the list. But they can almost do no wrong. Like, I'm going to support them. There's never going to be a day when Pearl Jam releases a new album and I'm not going to have it pre-ordered or listen to it immediately. And I'm always going to want to see Pearl Jam anytime I can go see them. So they just, I don't know, I can't even articulate what it is specifically about the music of Pearl Jam that I love so much. Mm -hmm. They're just like my friends. Like whatever whatever they're doing, I support it and I'm going to go be a part of it. And you're not afraid to call them on their shit For say, sure. you know what? This song, not not my favorite, but I'm not going to fault you for it. And I, I would say, I've I've had some debates, and I've even written a little a little sort of essay that's out there that I I think I would say Pearl Jam is the greatest American rock band of all time. I think I would give them that classification. Yeah, I would say that uh, probably all the people listening to this wouldn't uh, wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just based on it, you know, whatever your criteria would be for that is subjective, but just consider, you know, album sales, especially early on, were, were tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, longevity is a factor. The band's activism is a factor. Uh, the, the tremendous live shows that they are known for um, just you, when you add it all together, they're they're a hard bunch to fuck with. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, where should uh, where should people f- seek you out if they want more of your uh, your brand of uh, what what would you call it? Oh man, what would I call it? Well, my my friend Jerry and I do co-host a podcast called The Grunge. And you can find us at thegrungepodcast.com. And we explore the big four of the Seattle sound. So Pearl Jam, along with Soundgarden, Nirvana, and Alice in Chains. And we also delve into a bunch of other stuff too. But those are the primary focus. Otherwise, you'll run out of albums too quickly. Definitely. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> we have a very lively um, 
<laughs> Patreon account that we run where we do bonus episodes every week with a bunch of albums that have nothing to do with these albums. <laughs> yeah, but it's all it's all a snapshot of the time, right? Of the of the nineties right now. Yeah, yeah. We we stick to a consistent timeline. We go through everything in order. So as we as we're recording this, Jerry and I are still in the year nineteen ninety three, uh, working our way working our way through. Oh yeah, and I think by the time this uh, episode comes out, you might be uh, ninety four. <laughs> nah, yeah. probably ninety six, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some some years are more jam packed than others. Ninety two was a doozy, mm-hmm. and I, I have a feeling ninety four will probably be a doozy too. Off the top of my head, there's just so much going on in ninety four. There'll be, there'll be a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, that was that was that was the huge year. Everything's starting to to blow up before it all. Uh came crashing down yeah the, la- the last gasp of grunge <laughs> yep well uh thanks for coming on joseph good talking with you about pearl jam and uh and other stuff to to make you think you got it thanks so much for having me the better brand podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and brandon palomo and published using a creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 license Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Joseph. And as always, this is Brandon saying... Stupid babies need the most attention.